Welcome to Mummy and Daddy, the podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting can be scary. And kids are definitely creepy. On a cold winter night, much like this, it was almost Christmas. But this Christmas was darker, less cheerful. But I still believed in Santa, in magic and miracles, and the hope that we could find joy again. I just hired an old German lady to read my diary. That's so nice of her. That's my Christmas present to you, by the way. Oh, I didn't get you anything. Oh. Well, I blew the whole budget on that, so I hope you really liked it. Good. And you're keeping I it did. inside. I did. I, ah, uh, I, I, yeah. It you was... saved some for later. Okay. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that pretty much sums it up, though. Yeah. I thought that was very prescient. Of the film that we'll talk about in a little bit. How are you doing? Oh, just just great, Josh. Just filled with Christmas cheer and uh, some Baileys. Oh, it's been wonderful. Yes. We uh, pour ourselves with two or three fingers of Baileys every night. Mm-hmm. You know, to be honest, we're not enjoying it right now. That would really clog up the old vocal cords, make them nice and milky. That's right. We're all lemon water and green apples is apparently a thing. Mm. We're love, obviously doing that. Love green apples. <laughs> crunch. Insert crunch. Crunch munch. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we're fully into the Christmas time over here. Yes, I think it's been pretty wonderful to have something to focus on. Yeah, it has been good. And it's also, we also have a a Christmas birthday. Boo is a is um, on the 19th. So we have that looming here. Yes. Birthday number three. And it, that is always, always. Always. <laughs> For the past two years, I've experienced it twice. But. Our birthdays are not around Christmas, and uh, it's an interesting challenge to like make it separate, and especially this year when we're just home. So, oh, completely. Like last year, we didn't have to worry about having the Christmas tree and birthday photos because we did it at Travel Town, and you know what I mean. Like right. it wasn't that big of a deal outdoors with other people. Those kinds <laughs> of things. Sharing pizzas together. Yep. Bring in stuff to school. Oh my gosh, bringing stuff. Oh my God, so much has happened. Okay, let's rewind. Let's rewind. Oh, I'll first tell of you, all, I'll tell where, you, where, where, where do we start? Where do we leave off? I'll tell you what. I'm feeling great. I'm still feeling great from our last episode with my sister 
Monica Stanek. I often want to say Dr. Monica Stanek, but she's not actually a doctor. But if she were a doctor, I would say Dr. Monica Stanek. I want that to be clear. Also, Monica, I think you should get your PhD. Um, I think so, too. After that podcast, I'm putting the thing together and I'm just really like, Jesus, did we get the audio? We got it. We did? Good deal. My God, did you see what she did? Did you see that? My God. Oh, that's great. Good for you for pulling that clip. That is the real authentic reaction of Emilio, uh, Emilio Estevez. Um, <laughs> Playing um, his father. <laughs> Martin Sheen uh, reacting to uh, to our fire starter. Yes, our fire starter, Dr. Monica, future doctor, Monica Stanek. Future doctor. Um, by PhD, I mean just your doctorate because she's not going to get like a medical... Yeah, whatever. Whatever the, the right doctor is for... For her. For her. Yeah. She can choose. Yeah. Let's do the Dr. <laughs> Phil thing. Throw it in the old Instagram handle. Yeah. Start being an influencer. Yeah. So we were just so excited to have her on the show. And it was so fun to hear from all of you about great feedback. it. Yeah. Lots of great feedback. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to try to have more guests on the show and just expand our repertoire here. We. Oui. And probably, hopefully, most likely, definitely have Monica back on the show. Because she, I mean, she. Unquestionably. She set that episode on fire with her mind. We technically did turn over the show to her last on we, that episode. We did. we did just say, this is yours now. <laughs> yeah. So. She's letting us guest host just while she gets her feet under her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, in future episodes, we won't be here at all. Yeah. So you asked, we answered. That was that was really fun. A first for us all. So that was really uh, yeah, was, very very pleasant. Yeah. Um. So that was great. And then shortly after that episode aired, our school shut down because oh, yeah. of. Because of two teachers testing positive for COVID, which is not funny. We are laughing in a in a more mentally unstable way, I would say right now. Um, just being home with the children again. And they yep. weren't even really going for full days. But man, the, just going back to kind of like early quarantine days. Whew, it's a doozy. Yep. it's. I always talk about it as it's like the drive home. You know... When you go on a long trip, everything's kind of new and exciting. And so you're kind of cruising along. But then when you're coming back home, everything starts to look vaguely familiar. And you're kind of like putting it, you think about it like it's closer to your home than it is. And it takes a little bit longer to get there. It's Mm. a little bit more of like a grind to get to it. Yeah. That is definitely a little bit of the the filling of the days. Right. So... Our school had to close um, for two weeks, and it just so happened to be that that would have put us basically one day in between when they usually take a break for Christmas, like a long weekend, really, because they are actually usually open between Uh Christmas and New Year's, which is rare for um, preschool. But so we all decided just to have them just close for the year and then reopen in January, like the parents all, you know, weighed in and... um, we're really lucky that we have a pretty close knit community at our school. And because of that, we were all really upset by this news. Um, luckily the two teachers are doing okay. 
and one was asymptomatic completely. Right. But yeah, so that- And none of the families have tested positive in right. the class, which is huge Yeah, for everybody. And obviously right now everyone is dealing with, um, every place in the country is dealing with rising cases and rising deaths. But especially um, Southern California is obviously like a hotspot right now. And mm-hmm. just today they like cleared a big backlog of tests. I don't know if you saw that. I did not see this. So it's just, it's it's really, um, it's intense. It's an intense time. It's like COVID. It's intense. <laughs> it's like, oh no. <laughs> oh, it's sad. Um, uh. It, so it is very it feels like it's closing in. This is anytime I told anybody about the school situation, the response was sort of the same. Whether they have kids or not, it was just like it feels like it's circling. It's, yeah. It's uh closing ranks. Yeah. I around mean, us all. I think everyone now knows more people than before that had it. If you didn't know anybody, you definitely do now. And it's yeah, it's terrifying. Um, so so that all happened, but we are getting ready for Christmas, and that has been a lovely distraction for oh, sure. Yeah. Nothing will ever compare to like the beginning in the spring, where there like really wasn't like anything on the horizon. You know, like That's that true. March that- time is. Ooh, that was rough. I just remember like at the beginning of quarantine, St. Patrick's Day, like it was right then, mm-hmm. and being like, yay. St. Patrick's Day. Like, what do you even... (laughs) The realization you can get drunk on a video call with your friends just as easily as you can in person, that worked. But everything else felt very nebulous and uncertain, and it made the time drag in a strange way. And everyone loves to talk about what is time and all this stuff. But this month between Thanksgiving and Christmas, Mm -hmm. to me has really dragged. It feels like being a kid. It reminds me mm-hmm. of that feeling where you're, I mean, like at work, when I'm at work, it is like, where is the time going? It's December. Oh God, it's the middle of the December. Oh God. Like it's yeah. really cranking. But like the home stuff it with the kids where I feel like, am I burning through too many like Christmas rituals in these right. like, kind of, st- we still have like 10 days to go. Am I like going yeah. too hard on the, like, let's watch a Christmas thing Yeah. now or, uh, yeah, you have to like space it out. I feel like I wouldn't have even started doing any of these things until about now. Yeah. We've already taken a drive to go look at lights. We've, yeah. we've done several, several times. Yeah. We've done several things and it's, it's, great i mean it's been i'm happy to have those things to to do and like mm-hmm. kind of space out but yeah and then like that we're, we're doing the lego advent calendar so like every day it's like okay another you know like really just marking time yeah <laughs> that's been great too lots of cousin time we've gotten every every yeah. day cousin connections because they're doing uh <laughs> Woo Boo and Who, Cousin Who have been down in Whoville has been doing a Zoom advent calendar opening together and then they build them and we get to chat a little bit. And yeah, it's the most they've ever seen each other in their lives, really. It's so great. It's just more present, which yeah. is great. That's all you want. 
they live across the country, so they don't get to see each other a lot. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's interesting new traditions. That part has been great. Also, in this time that we have been doing lots of Christmas stuff, I went back and I listened to our Christmas episode from last year, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Ooh. We hated that movie. Chilling. We hated it so much. We are so brutal on this show. But yeah, sorry to anyone who stopped listening and won't even hear this apology because we just trash the movies we watch. <laughs> well, we're very, yeah, we're just very extreme. Mm-hmm. When we love it, we love it. We like snowboarding. And when something and really extreme activity. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we canceled our mammoth trip. That was the other thing that happened during oh, yeah. this time. Speaking of Josh not snowboarding. If if something stinks in a movie, we tend to really drag it. Um, and we dragged that movie. But we were right. But a yeah, lot of things. Yeah. No one ever came to its defense and demanded <laughs> yeah. their Patreon subscription be refunded or something. Yeah. We don't have that. But, you know, you get know. the idea. <laughs> Maybe we will soon. Um, so I was very proud of us, though. We talked about a couple of things in that episode that we have have either stuck to or followed through on. We talked about doing a yearly toy purge after Thanksgiving. And we did that. Yes. Now, if we hadn't been home because of COVID, who knows what would have happened if we would have been too busy. But this year... Or if we would have even had as many new additional toys to be like, we got to get rid of some of these things. Yeah. (laughs) There was an accumulation this year for sure. Not a dusting. Um, Yeah. Legit accumulation. Um, Sticky. (laughs) Yeah. And um, we did that. I Again, you were so great w- during the purge. <laughs> um, oh, I yeah. I don't you think those... draft me for your purge team. <laughs> I don't think those movies have kids in them, do they? I don't think this is what they're about. Oh, they should do purge babies, like <laughs> Muppet babies. Uh, and the thing is, like, on this one night of the year, you ha- everyone has to get rid of as many toys as they can. Oh, because I thought you meant, like, like babies who are conceived during the purge so like if oh my god or or born on the night of the purge i don't know i haven't seen these movies (laughs) i feel like that must be tackled uh there's only like 10 of those movies right so and a series really on usa i think wow which is great because then you know it's not violent really that that seems like a bad move listeners if there's a good christmas purge movie let us know and we'll watch it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If there's a, a yeah, Christmas Purge. Let's Otherwise, do it. keep in your back pocket. Remind us in January. <laughs> um, when everything will be different and better. Right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so we did that and you were great. You were very um, brutal with getting rid of things. And so were the kids. Woo and Boo did a great job of just knowing that they didn't play with something and not really fighting it. I thought yeah. they did I thought they did a good job. Not as good as last year. Um and we so we hauled away, man, like six bags probably of of toys. Doesn't look any different in the house whatsoever, but I feel better. Yep. Um, they're gone from somewhere and they went elsewhere. <laughs> they went elsewhere and they're about to be replaced by all the Christmas toys that are about to and birthday toys. And some bitchin' toys at that. Like I'm oh, excited. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited too. Our family and friends did very well by the kids this year. So um, we have to go wrap all that stuff, though. That's true. Good golly. 
Um, we also talked about Santa in that episode, and we are kind of like unwittingly doing what we said we would do in that in that episode, where we weren't going to try to make the kids believe and like really propagate this Santa myth, but more just like <sighs> this is what happens and kind of like playing it as a magical thing and it's been working out great yeah and i mean they ask all they're gonna ask all the kid questions they've been around other kids while they're in school talking about it obviously we're listening to christmas music we're doing christmas stuff even our santa gift giving approach i mm-hmm. want to keep that as long as possible that it's that santa fills your stockings mm-hmm. and that the other so that there isn't this expectation that like Santa can give you like the a, other giant toy that you want. Right. And so like, no, there's just one budget. <laughs> yeah. Like it's going to fit in that stocking and that's what you're going to get. And it's going to be cool. But it's like the big present is from us because the big present costs money. And you should know that. Yeah. That's how that's how you buy presents. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But last year, the kids were so young that even Wu was almost four. He was... He, he didn't really know what to. No, he had no Santa designs in his mind. Yeah, so it was all just a magical surprise. But I think Boo is catching up. Like he's obviously he's following Woo's lead. He's excited for Santa. They play this game of uh, what's in your stocking because the stockings are hung up, and they will try to put things in them, and we try to stop them. <laughs> but, but, but so like, yeah, just kind of letting letting the magic happen and also not making it a um a punitive cudgel right to wield with our children about naughty and nice and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. it just is a a fun thing that happens yeah it's like and then it's weird too because then they listen we've been listening to a lot of christmas music and it's pretty intense sometimes with santa and the songs and i'm like i wonder what they're thinking about i'm sure that next year we'll have more questions but for now we're doing a we're holding steady with a magical tale that is not reward-based behavior. Yeah. Behavior-based rewards is what I meant to say. And I think I think Boo has a little bit of a home invasion fear going on. Oh, with really? With Jolly St. Nick. There's been a few like, I don't want him to come down the chimney kind of. Well, his this movie that we're discussing today will not be for him. <laughs> We tried. <laughs> we watched The Grinch. They loved it. We watched it again. Then we tried Krampus. Yep. <laughs> Our movie for today. Krampus. But before we get to Krampus, uh, we have some listener feedback that oh, we want to yeah. share with you. Josh asked a, a great question on our stories, our Instagram stories. Yeah. What did you ask? Um, Kind of in the spirit of that toy purge the idea was with christmas a coming and the holidays generally and the circumstance we are all in are there traditions that you are giving up from previous years uh things you're adding or things you're definitely keeping and we got some really great answers from the parents out there um i think it's only fitting we start with a listener and First guest of the show. Yes, premier guest. Aunt Monica. Um, no one left a voicemail. 
I'm going to chastise all of you for that. I don't understand. Santa's watching you. Why? I get it's and easier. And so is Josh. That's right. I'm listening. I'm listening. Um. So Aunt Monica is adding the following. They got a live tree. I'll read it in her voice. Adding, got a live tree since we aren't going anywhere. We can probably keep it alive for 10 more days. <laughs> and this is yesterday, so that's right on the money. Um, the thing they're throwing away, gingerbread house kit. Last year, it was hanging around in the box until Valentine's Day. I wonder if anyone will even ask me about it. Now, first of all, Aunt Monica, I, w- I should have clarified this before we were on the air. It makes me wonder, did someone give you the gingerbread house kit and you're worried that they will say like hey how to go no. with the gingerbread kit or like will goo pop up out of nowhere and be like hey mom what happened to the gingerbread house kit why aren't we doing that this year yeah i think it's the latter and even if he does i congratulate you my sister i feel like that's a wise move and i congratulate you on the live tree because like i said we did not grow up with live trees and I'm proud of her for doing that. To be fair, and this is some insider information, she's, she has two trees. She, has her, she still has her artificial one up in the, in the, the hall, the vaulted right. hall, which is gorgeous. And it is great. It's a great fake tree. It is. It's gorgeous. And it's, um, her, her ornament collection is uh, just really second only to my stepfather's, who is the best for real. Oh, yeah. Um, he has several trees. Yeah, and they have several trees, too. Um, but then, so Monica got an, an additional live tree, which is also pretty amazing. I like that. If you got the space, rock it, you know? Yeah. Why not? Decorate. If you got the space, trees all over the place. That's what I always say. That's right. That was the slogan you tried to pitch to get us 10% off on our tree. <laughs> it didn't work, but. So, but th- that's great. And and I will also say that um, even though she, she didn't write in and is not consenting to be on this, uh, this podcast, friend of the pod, Elena made a gingerbread house from scratch and it was absolutely stunning. It truly was. And I've never seen, I have never, ever seen a gingerbread house look that good. And look appetizing, like, oh, I kind of want to pick something off of that thing and yeah. put it in my mouth. Um, no. So, Monica, I think, yeah, trash the kit. Don't worry about it. Make gingerbread cookies if you really want some gingerbread. Who wants a house? Unless it's Elena's house, because that one was baller. Yeah, because normally gingerbread houses are made with candy you don't want to eat. It kind of should be a rule, right? If it's something you'd put in a gingerbread house throw it in the trash (laughs) like if you're looking for a way to cut certain Mm. candies out of your life Mm -hmm. gumdrops candy canes uh peppermint swirls no uh licorice things probably uh and some other hard candy like the ribbon candy (laughs) shingles or something get it all out of here and certainly that icing gross it's basically glue uh yeah i think I mean, I know it wouldn't be very well received as far as traditions go, because this is all about a time of tradition, but I would like to make a gingerbread house out of like Oreo cookie. Then I'd be all up in that. Yes. And then you could just decorate with like Reese's Pieces and like M&Ms and stuff, and it would just be delicious. 
Yeah, that sounds great. Let's <laughs> do that. Of all it's a better wicked. That's right. It's a better flavor profile yes. than combining all that shit with ginger. Yes. Great point. Thank you. Love this. Jesus. Okay. All right. So Ugh. Okay. <laughs> finally settled that. Um, listener and uh, Marion from Somerville, Massachusetts wrote in, we live in an apartment, so Santa needs a way to get in. Ooh. They are starting the tradition of the Santa key. We found, she She also said, it's, admits it's creepy AF. We found an ornament for this purpose, so it'll hang on the tree. And on Christmas Eve, her daughter, who is a tiny baby right now, can put it under the doormat. As long as this doesn't create some sort of warped message about boundaries and securing your home from strangers, LOL. I think this is a great idea. I've never heard of this. Me neither. That's really good. It's great. And especially, I mean, not even for apartments. What about just like, you, you don't have a fireplace. Mm-hmm. Like not every house has a fireplace. They, they cover Technically, this. Technically, our chimney is broken. There's yeah. no way in. It's full of insulation. Oh, yeah. They, they actually covered this on Christmas Eve on Sesame Street, uh, which I know you guys have all watched. There's like the little interview portion with Grover. Mm-hmm. They talk a lot about this, about how Santa gets in. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. You asked the kids. A great, mm-hmm. super adorable. Yeah. One of the best interviews, really. Um, yeah. It's one of the best. Yeah. Frost Nixon. <laughs> Grover children. Um, but I never, but I never knew about the Santa key. So I think that's great. Thank you, Marion. I like it. You don't have to, it's one less physics question mm-hmm. for the doubters. Cause I love, I love the Santa stuff. I, I feel like I don't want everyone to think we're cold heartless weirdos not letting our kids believe in santa well we are letting we them. are it's wonderful but it is it's just about not overdoing it let them let them come to it themselves let them then because then the curiosity and the questions can mm-hmm. spring forth themselves mm-hmm. and it's just a fun fun bit let's see this was one from listener greg who said a thing that they're adding is that they're putting up more christmas lights than ever because mm. they're actually in town, they're home. They normally mm. would travel, see family in other parts of the country. So they're actually getting to like, you know, nestle and set things up at home. Mm-hmm. Um, Clark Griswold met Biz. <laughs> yes. But a thing that they stopped was that in, in past years, my siblings and I would exchange gifts based off of a news article, but we dumped that because we're all sick of the news. Wow. And I thought that was great all around. Great idea for a gift exchange theme yeah this year great year to ditch that get it out of here because that's just hard that yeah. would be really dark i think i think so you're too. talking about hair dye probably you're talking about like um mm, you know, a like get dr- out of jail free card yeah a, uh, <laughs> oh gosh so many things lots of hair dye in this administration oh yeah yeah get them out of here go with the true silver hair 80 year old man it's gonna be it's gonna be dimple faced (laughs) it's gonna be great love you joe um okay so had a great uh answer from listener melissa in new york city she said i'm adding bashing my head in a door frame this year (laughs) very good (laughs) it really made me giggle because um i think we all uh, we'll do that this holiday season once yeah. or twice. You got to watch out for those heavy security door door frames in New York City apartments. You yeah. want to <laughs> gotcha. choose a soft interior door. 
That's my suggestion. We have any other uh, feedback? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, listener Tom said that it was becoming a tradition to go to Descanso Gardens here in Los Angeles mm. to their enchanted light display. Mm. So it's a public garden. They add a bunch of these cool like LED and Christmas light things. It's really oh, the it, most, it's it's yeah. awesome. So It's all, really awesome. I don't really care about that stuff most of the time, mm-hmm. but it's actually great. It's all interesting. It's fun to look at. I wish I knew about it pre-children. <laughs> Me too. To pre-children, get. but post-Lyft and Uber, which was a very yes. small window of time. So true. God, we messed up. We did. Get there. They sell like a boozy hot chocolate. You get in on that. Yeah. Or a hot toddy. Even though it's 85 degrees. (laughs) Yeah. Weed is legal. You go there, you poke around, but you go there with kids is wonderful too. Um, (laughs) But that that and the LA Arboretum Lantern Festival are off the table this year. I don't know if they're happening. I think they did. They did officially stop them, right? Mm -hmm. But he did say that we still always drive and see lights on Christmas Eve. I have a growing list every year which I'm going to request a copy of. Mm. Since you also live in Los Angeles, I would ask that you share that list with me. I don't even have to share it with our listeners. Oh, I I've... just want it. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's there are many like lists out there. I don't think listener Tom would be too sad about sharing his. Uh, yeah, but I want yeah, I want that private stock. You better believe it. But people who have Christmas lights at their and their street don't want it to be private. They want you to drive by. It's the whole point. Oh, I know, but I just think I want to find the pockets. I want the hidden gems that aren't making it to the BuzzFeed lists All of right. uh the red tricycle lists of yeah. the top places to go. If it's just like, oh, this is a really quality neighborhood because you you know, it may be busy, but maybe you get out and walk. Maybe you just get in your car and drive around. I don't know. Mm. Anyway. Exciting. It is. Yes. Oh, and we had a listener, Sarah, who said they have an ornament-making tradition that came back after a brief in-person hiatus, and they did it over Zoom. Mm, great. So that's a fun thing. Yeah. Really nice. Everybody's kind of really getting used to Zoom, too, you know? Oh, yeah. Eh, I wish we hadn't had had to have, but um, we did. And yeah. People wish are- it wasn't a verb. Yeah, we're we're all getting better at it. I will say that. Where I think we're all getting much better at it. Um, thank you, everyone, for giving us all that feedback to our question. Um, we love hearing from you. So keep it coming. We're gonna do more of that stuff in Indeed. the new in the new year. Oh, the other thing that from our episode last year, we were like twenty twenty, baby. It's the year of mummy and daddy. It's we are <laughs> live shows. <laughs> yeah. We were really psyched to, to hear our like little baby pre pandemic selves talking about twenty twenty was very hilarious and sad. <laughs> so yeah, with that all said, let's recap this movie. Ooh, let's. Okay, now this is um, coming to us from the Internet Movie Database. Website. I am as in Mary, D as in dog, B as in boy. Dot com, and this is an anonymous. Is that dot c a l m? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, an anonymous. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, dot com. Cool. <laughs> 
Comb. Comb with a B. Dot comb. Okay. <laughs> this is uh this is not that kind of podcast, kids. Okay. So <laughs> This is anonymous, unfortunately, but the other ones were such horrid trash that I don't even want to... We are anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the other ones weren't even, like, funny. They were so bad. I'm not even going to waste our time here. Um, okay, here we go. When his dysfunctional family clashes over the holidays, young Max, MJ Anthony, gets disillusioned and turns his back on Christmas. Meanwhile, this lack of festive spirit unleashes the wrath of Krampus, a demonic force of ancient evil intent on punishing non-believers. All hell breaks loose as beloved holiday icons take on a monstrous life of their own, laying siege to the fractured family's home and forcing them to fight for one another if they hope to survive. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Except th the only thing that's not correct in that is that the Krampus doesn't really care if you believe or not, and that's kind of the whole point, but okay. Right. Um, or that any of them are beloved holiday icons. Yeah. I mean, the gingerbread men in the in the kitchen, I guess. Yeah. But moving on. Okay. Let's talk about this movie. Krampus! Krampus, 2015. There are a lot of other Krampus movies. This <laughs> Krampus movie is the one with Adam Scott and Tony Collette. Yes, there are many like it. This one is mine. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's an interesting movie. Yeah. Remember it, the first, on first viewing, whenever that was, it was a lot of fun and it was so weird uh, that in like, also with this, I guess you can't, Tony Collette's obviously your A-lister here, but like. It's a, you know it was kind of a strange mix of humans mm -hmm. in the starring roles and a strange tone of a movie, but the fact that it is a horror movie and utilizes so many practical effects, I think that was a thing, especially on yes. like first viewing, made me be like, okay, Krampus, that's a wild movie, pretty into it. Totally, the first time I saw it. I had those same feelings, and there are so many good things about this movie. Like the practical effects, all the monsters are so good, and the opening sequence is the slow motion kind of Black Friday shopping violence thing, and then it goes into a nativity school play that breaks out into violence as well. Yes. And um, kind of looked like it was just in like a pipe and draped off area of the Walmart or wherever they were. Yeah. But uh, yeah. it's like little kids. Mm -hmm. And um, so that that's great. You know, the the actors in it are, are great, too. Like they're Tony Collette. She just like can't. She's just such a master. She really is. Even, she really is almost to a fault. Almost I will to say. a fault. Yeah, like I would say in um, like Knives Out. She's like, wow, you you are a lot to handle. Yeah. Um, uh, but but I I do love her, and she can elevate the shit out of a movie. Um, it's hard to imagine this without her as a stabilizing force, because especially on a rewatch, some dry performances in there too. But mm -hmm. like even right from that, oh boy. Well, even like the snow and ice universal logo right at the top like got me as like a oh i'm into this mm -hmm. now and 
in that Black Friday opening, major, probably the most COVID heebie-jeebies washing something, mm. just like the mass of people. And it's a lot of close-ups on like handling, handling money and stuff like that. And I was mm-hmm. just like, oh my God, we just haven't. It's hard. It really was hard to imagine, even at a time when like it would have been cold and flu season, that you'd still just be like, I know. Yeah, we'll just get in the line. Just yeah. like pack it in there, get it. Now we're down to twenty percent capacity in stores, and it kind of still feels like too many people. Yeah, like yeah. the the very few times I've ventured out. So yeah, um, lots of cool stuff in this movie. Lots of bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, of absolutely. Stuff. Lots of like the the pacing and the tone and some of the jokes about like fat shaming and food, like really weird. There's and class stuff, right? Because there's supposed yeah. to be this snobs and slobs dynamic between mm-hmm. uh, Tony Collette and Adam Scott, and then and then her sister and. Uh, and her husband and their kids, like yeah. the sort of white trash, right? And in-laws. like the re- like we were kind of discussing this a little bit as we were watching it, but you know you you know the setup here, you know the setup of a family Christmas, and there's so many movies that do it right, mm-hmm. and have those things, you know, like the cousin Eddie. Oh, cousin Eddie can is be a beautiful done. archetype. Yeah, it can be done so well without like demeaning those people and yeah uh, and, uh, and maybe, you still see the heart you feel like yeah the the heart of it felt like um it felt like this was a yeah there, there are the pieces of this that are and a lot of horror movies suffer from this this sort of like a pastiche um kind of proxies for emotions that you end up you end up doing a lot of kind of heavy lifting to put a lot on those things when in reality the movie isn't maybe like justifying mm-hmm. that dynamic as much as it maybe thinks it is like right. you're, you're kind of you it's asking you to think about Christmas vacation. It's not yeah writing Christmas vacation and making it a horror movie. Right. You know? Yeah. It's not even if they had done a play on it, you know, even if they had done, I don't know, maybe that's mm-hmm. what they were trying to do. I don't know that. That question and that feeling came up a lot in this movie of like, maybe that's what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that it is a real horror movie and it's a tragedy. I love that. I mean, the ending is so good. Somebody, um, well, not the jump scare at the end. That's the dumbest thing ever. But the the end of this movie is wonderful. And, and a, lot, a lot of... <laughs> A lot of reviews um, talk about how great the ending is. And it's true. Like, there's so many things about it that are great. I I did like how it stuck to being a horror movie and, like, had a lot of gross out stuff, had a lot of, like, crazy, mm-hmm. crazy, like, action-y fight um, scenes between monsters and the, and the humans. But it's also supposed to be, like, a dark comedy, and it really didn't work. It's not funny. It's not There aren't funny. jokes in it. Yeah. You know? Um, other than horror jokes, right? Like, you know, like commenting on like the monsters, right? Or like the fact these like cute gingerbread demons that are mm-hmm. fighting David Koechner and stuff. It's like, th- that's not dark comedy. Right. You know, that's yeah. regular comedy. Yeah, maybe somebody just didn't understand what dark comedy, they were writing yeah. this. They're like, well, this is a dark comedy. It's a horror movie with 
comedic actors in it. And as you said, a tragedy, like the fact that the kid hasn't done, yeah, like the, the lengths that it could go to. This is a fun, I mean, it still is like a fun premise and like a fun world to play in. Did realize the last movie that we'd said this about was the same director's Trick or Treat. It suffers from a lack of ground rules of like the horror kind of scream ground rules of just like even horror movies that play against those things. Like maybe something that you think you can do in order to be spared then doesn't work. You know, the magic doesn't Mm -hmm. work. The protection of the church doesn't work. Those kinds of things that happen from time to time in horror movies that are really make it for an extra awesome moment. This didn't seem to even quite have those things or it wasn't like, Oh, we're going to hear about how each of these people has been bad this year or how Mm -hmm. they'd stopped believing in Santa or they're specifically over Christmas to then try to backtrack to then even because you could have all that and then at the end still have like your pure character Mm -hmm. in Max, the son, still get thrown into a pit and killed whatever because this is just an evil is a force of evil. It doesn't care if right. you care about Santa or not. It's like, like yeah. that could have been fun. A- anyway, I mean, it still was fun that it, it kind of lacked a moral compass. It's still fun to watch, but it, it is not, it, it felt like with, with that, it would have really like kicked it up into some, into like some real classic yeah. territory. It could be that the legend of the Krampus is just so varied. There's so many different things about Krampus. and uh, <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah, there's a lot. So basically, oh my goodness. Um, there's more than one Krampus. I think it's called a Krampus group. And they do kind of like get together and mosh. Like they do at the end. Like that's a thing. You know how like oh. the big horned creatures at the end. Um, but there are just like more than one. And it's not really the anti-Santa Claus. It's like it's this, its own separate thing. It usually comes on the eve of the Feast of St. Nicholas, which is like December 4th. So that's, okay. I think, Krampusnacht, they call it. Sure. Um, that's what I've heard it called most times. Yeah, Krampusnacht, the eve of St. Nicholas Day. So, um, and there's all sorts of things that the Krampus does, stealing children. And so they're, they played with some of that, but like, that's, that's where you take all those things and you, you do lay it out, you know, like you, yeah, you clarify it a little bit more in the, Mm -hmm. in the movie and it would have, it wouldn't have been hard, but yeah, um, you, the, it would have been awesome if as like a viewer, the German grandmother was like speaking in German. So the viewer knows maybe she's our Krampus she's our Krampus expert right Mm -hmm. but like if she's speaking in German and kind of warning people about like the kinds of things that a Krampus does maybe she's admonishing the kids in the beginning or something else right or that that, whole animation portion yeah yeah Yeah. and and I guess that (laughs) that actress is German but she didn't know anything about Krampus before this movie which is pretty funny it does feel like it came in hot in like the internet age like mm-hmm. all of a sudden people like everybody knows about Krampus and it was like now it's like a thing you probably go to like stores in the mall and get yep. Krampus shirts yep they are celebrating it here in the US Krampusloff which is just the 
I guess the when you can have oh Krampus laughs and Krampus balls, where you can dress <laughs> up, you can dress up as the Christmas nice. demon and run amok through the street. So different cities are doing that. Um, apparently Los Angeles. So okay, next time we can all gather together. But yeah, basically different cultures have different variations of Krampus. So in Germany and in other parts of Europe, there's just all kinds of different ways that he comes comes to life. So Sure. To bring it sort of back to our parents and like the family dynamic there, we're not going to spend a lot of time picking apart the dysfunctional family because I, I get it's, it's a trope like everyone can relate to. Maybe it's more outsized on film than it is for your family. Maybe your family is worse or whatever, but like the, the tropes themselves are present in so much fiction that it's easy enough to know like sort of what to expect. Uh, I'm going to play a clip. This is Adam Scott and his son because I wanted to just talk about this. I don't get it. Every year gets worse. Why do we have to put up with our crap just because we share DNA? Because that's what a family is, Max. People you try to be friends with even though you don't have a whole lot in common. But why? Because. Well, okay, you kind of got me there. Or maybe it makes us work a little harder to find what we do have in common, you know? Put everything aside, think of other people for a change. Friends, family, even the assholes you normally can't stand. Like Uncle Howard? Didn't want to name names. Dad, do you really believe in all that? I want to, Max. On first watching the movie, that was a line that his like dysfunctional version of it, like the people, or why do we have to be friends with these people? Because we share DNA. And Adam Scott says, because they're people you're trying to be friends with, um, because you have to. I kind of like cringed at that. But even upon listening to it several times to pull the clip, I do feel a little differently about it. I I was wondering like, yeah, like that question of like, what does it mean to be family? Because I do think that's like a fair. Yeah. And the fact that he doesn't really have an answer there. Mm-hmm. Where, so like normally I think that would be where the thesis of the film would be. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah. This would be where you say, well, whatever it is that you want to say about this movie, if it's forgiveness, if it's, you know, growing as a family, if it's whatever, you know, if it's remembering your past as a, as a Mm -hmm. people, as a faith, as a, whatever it is, you know? Um, And so that was a little disappointing, but yeah, I think that if you're asking me, I am. Oh, interview with the vampire and everybody. Um, Yeah. I think that the reason why it's important to, have family time is because you're you're basically building a structure together and all the things that make up that structure are shared experiences so if you have a time and hopefully several times birthdays and holidays or whatever it is vacations that you do together then you're basically like strengthening and 
like leaning on each other, having time to like connect again. And in a way that like day to day you might not. And then that builds and builds and builds over a lifetime. So when life starts to fucking suck and people start dying and getting sick, that you have these like, if not happy, then at least close and connected times to draw from for strength. That's a really good answer. Thanks. Just came up with it. But that's that's what I think. I mean, right now, um, putting together a Christmas present for someone it's not you, Josh, but um, that's fine <laughs> for someone that is all about that. You told that. me already you got me nothing. So <laughs> yet I haven't gotten you anything yet. I still have time. Um, I, we're putting putting together a, a present for someone in, in our family that is all about that. And so it's been making me think about like, even if you're dysfunctional, you still have things that that bind you together that hopefully, you know, make you happy to be a family. But I will also say that some families don't belong together. <laughs> yes, I completely agree with that. <laughs> Not in a border sense, but in a um a sense of like there are truly, truly like um broken families that I don't think if it doesn't serve you that like you should not work at (laughs) like you should not like i think that making a decision to not you know as this kid is saying like i don't even care about these people he's spoiled little brat but like if you really were abused or harmed in any other way like i think it's totally fine and great to find your like chosen family yeah i agree with all of that yeah I, i sided with the kid immediately with this, like I was like, yeah, you're right. Like these kids, these kids just come over to your house and like harass you on your at like your most favorite time of the year and like won't let you. They're just bullying you and it seems awful. I get that, but then like yeah, Adam Scott's response is like slightly. It's basically saying the same thing twice. Mm-hmm. But then after listening to it a bunch, I was like, well, I mean, I guess that's also true that you have this time to like, you know, to be together to try to find common ground but i i think what you're saying is far is a far better and more i think more noble thing and more i think a more natural thing to be like to is like what really happens with with families of all kinds even the kind of interplay or dynamics between family members that create um that all those forces working and intermingling with each other make maybe your bonds with someone else stronger right if you have Mm -hmm. like an annoying uncle or something something actually abusive that is or like toxic or whatever if it is just like oh you know you can roll your eyes at their stories or like try to get out of the room Mm -hmm. when they're around okay that will bond you and your siblings more than them not being there it doesn't mean you need to introduce those elements unnecessarily but like having Mm -hmm. forced time and i think the forced reflection thing is something i've i've been thinking a lot about this season has been a very busy end of the year work-wise and as and like being home with the kids they'll they'll ask like are you done working yet can you come and play to have a time coming up when i can say like i will when i won't have to be when i'm not obligated to do these other things during those hours and i even say then we may still have household stuff and chores and errands and things to do but we'll have a lot more 
playtime. And I think, yeah. and I look forward to that going, I went on a walk tonight with Boo and we just walked around our block and looked at houses with lights up and he held my hand the whole time, which he never does. And, the, and other than when he wanted <laughs> to take off sprinting to the next house that had lights, he was just like thrilled and yeah. it was good to have like a little separate kiddo time and he more dedicated really stuff thrives with like solo time we yeah. just have to like make that effort more it's true um because he just never gets it he never gets the undivided attention the poor kid mm. um yeah so had that been the thesis of this movie of like like we need each other and in the end like we you this is what we have and it's worth fighting for right right okay it's it's worth fighting for even if it's hard and um these shared holidays and whatever like builds and builds and it's how like love grows if that had been his thing and then they fight and they fight and they fight and they think they've defeated the krampus yes and then still wake up inside the snow globe that would have been awesome because yes. they, they could have been at that Christmas morning been like, do you remember when we did this and we defeated the angel bitch and we did this, you know, like we we came together and fought. But there wasn't any teamwork in the movie. Like, That's true. There's no growth. <laughs> it's just like it's supposed to be this family film. And like I wanted more from that part of it. Like I thought the horror stuff was really fun, but I wanted more from that family. And it's because my parenting thing that i took away from this movie was like are they dysfunctional or are they just bad parents because mm. <laughs> there was a lot of just really negligent parenting and they seemed to get along just fine there wasn't like, that yeah like they had this moment where before like the family gets there of like i, I think they were trying to say something like their marriage was kind of rocky but you didn't see it at all no other than the fact that they don't look like a couple and <laughs> at all there's no they even like kiss in the movie i don't <laughs> think so and they i mean they look like they're easily 15 years apart it is a strange well, adam scott has that like paul rudd thing going on yeah exactly like, i have no idea how old he is but um he's in his early 40s i think but and like the kids they the, his whole christmas wish of like i wish we could go back to things being like they used to and that me and my sister could play like we used to. That's also doing the heavy lifting there. We don't really I never see it. So like yeah. it's hard it's hard to get a read on are they dysfunctional or are they just like not great parents. Right. Uh, well the two things that stuck out to me were at the family dinner, there's twin twin girls that are their cousins and they steal Max's letter to Santa and they read it out loud at the dinner table and this is mortifying to max he's like totally losing it and the sister's trying to like hold him back basically and the dad adam scott does nothing like it's unclear at first if he's even in the room and then it's revealed that he's like sitting at the dinner table because yeah. tony collette's not that's right she's there in the kitchen. she's in the kitchen and maybe she would have stepped in but he does nothing to protect his child and it's like what like why would you not help your kid out at that point like these are your nieces yeah you can intercede and it is your house like there is a little bit of patriarchal yeah. stuff there you can pull to just be like excuse me mm -hmm. please stop what you're doing right now yeah he's young enough where he 
still needs that protection. Like if it even had been her letter to Santa, maybe he would have thought, oh, she's got to hear this, you know, like. (laughs) Even that, even to hear, well, I'm actually going to let this play out or to have a moment where he's maybe like, instead of saying, hey, maybe we still got time to mail that letter. Mm -hmm. He's like, wrote a letter again this year, huh? Yeah. Like anything to just show like a chink in the armor that like, maybe this isn't. Yeah. Yeah, it, it makes it just like, oh, you're just sort of, and not even spineless because he's. It's not like he's sitting there like, what do I do? Yeah. It's just he's just sitting there doing nothing and not so, reacting. So then, you know, yeah, you don't get to see a lot of sibling dynamics play out because shortly after Max tears up the letter and throws it to the wind and renounces Santa. And uh, this Krampus blizzard takes over the neighborhood. And just like trick or treat, there's a yard full of shit. Mm-hmm. Snowmen in this case that don't turn out to be anything, but which would have been cool if they had. Well, it, later on, it's the kid frozen in there. The little boy is frozen as a snowman. The little boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The nephew. The, the nephew. Oh, right, 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 right. So it yeah. does play out. But um, anyway, they let the daughter like walked to her boyfriend's house in this blizzard, which even under less supernatural, less obviously supernatural circumstances would have been such a bad idea. It's completely unsafe. It was like and a white out blizzard. Like yes. she couldn't have seen where she was going. Cars couldn't safely drive on the road. Unless there was an emergency that she needed to be somewhere for besides, I want to see my boyfriend. That was also some weak sauce and bad parenting for sure. And again, not just dysfunction. Like if they yes. had if they had been arguing with each other and she slipped out the door and just kind of said, fuck you, I'm going anyway. Right. Then it would have been like, oh, dysfunction. Right. But that's a great point that it is it is a sign of just like, oh no, you just made the wrong choice, like unequivocally the wrong choice. Yeah, just like a really unsafe, bad, negligent move. Mm-hmm. And then the sister dies yeah like and she's done nothing like she's in this done movie. nothing she's just like good or bad duck up for her brother really she's not you know it's tough because they wanted to make this family seem dysfunctional and deserve what was coming to them mm-hmm. but they didn't do it because like you can't really go far enough and still have them be likable it's a fine line of like making people deserve what they're getting Mm-hmm. And also have them be likable. And it's not impossible, but like this movie certainly doesn't do it. And I like how it's this like uncompromising villain that's just like, no, I'm just going to like, this is it. Me too. Like, yeah. I liked that part of it. But you think like maybe in the end it's going to be different. <laughs> like she'll she'll come back or like, yeah, it's just right. like, really strange. Didn't really seem to fit. Um, yeah, like we've said many times already, it's just a shame because there are so many cool parts. Um, yeah. and the sister's dynamic, I mean, I'm sorry. So Tony Collette and her sister, their dynamic and kind of fighting over food. There's sort of a lot of food stuff mm-hmm. in this movie that just got me thinking about holiday food. Like right from the jump, the grandmother is baking all those baked goods. Mm-hmm. And it got me thinking when 
on earth has anyone ever baked multiple baked goods but it's always a thing in movies where Mm. it's just like a kitchen full of like 50 different cookies and like cakes and stuff like that and i can't think of a time ever i've ever made more than like one (laughs) at a time and it's always kind of like a dicey operation of like how am i going to balance all these like baking sheets and wire cooling racks and yeah dishes and and everything else but they're just going through it and I don't know how you can eat all that stuff was the first thing I thought of. But then when they have this, the sisters have this argument at the dinner table, Linda. From Fargo, right? Oh, that's what I know her from, from Fargo, the series. Yes. One of our top Fargo 10 shows season of all one. time. Yeah. And she does well in this too, I think of being likable. And there is this weird moment though, where they're arguing over, they're having this snipey sort of dinner conversation about like Tony Collette as being such an asshole and she likes everything to be perfect. And that's why she makes all this food you can't pronounce. And then Tony Collette has this zinger. Well, I just thought you guys might like a break from macaroni and cheese with hot dogs. Yeah. Okay. Well, you were wrong. Thanks for tagging <laughs> onto that Aunt Dorothy. Uh, I mean, of course, that one cut right to the core of me. I didn't expect to be the Linda and Howard of this dinner table when they all sat down, I'll mm-hmm. be honest. But then I thought, mac and cheese is a centerpiece of our lives at <laughs> this point. <laughs> Holidays, yeah. regular days, yep. anytime. Yeah. It's like every other week, there's a big thing of mac and cheese made. And, you know... I will say that there isn't a lot besides mac and cheese and no, that's it. That's like a surefire hit for both kids that we're not a chicken nuggets family. Yeah. There's a lot of those regular, they're even weird about some pasta stuff now. Only one of them will eat eggs. You got like yeah, and French they, fries can be hit or miss. Like burgers are pretty good. We can do that. Yeah, and but like, even then we're like making beyond burgers and like yeah. there's just not there's not a lot of like of those uh those those standby meals that like Boo said he doesn't like pizza the <laughs> other day. A kid a kid said he didn't like pizza in front of him and he it was like he saw Dawn for the first time. <laughs> And was like, I don't like pizza. Like it never occurred to him because it, I don't know. He has no problem asserting himself usually, but it's like he was like, yeah, yeah, I am going to forsake my birthright as an American now, here and now. No pizza. No pizza. Um. Yeah. No, I felt that. I did. I felt that. Uh, that was a weird food moment for sure. Yeah. Of and, like slamming her for no reason. And like they're all kind of a little bit heavier and like it was it was weird. There were some really weird yeah, like food shaming things in this movie. Yeah. And we both had that moment of like how do you cast that like mouth breathing fat kid as like mm-hmm. I just don't know. I literally don't know. He's like a casting agent as a parent, as that kid. Like what Yeah as a writer director like making all those calls is very i just can't imagine uh, and this director clearly has a problem with yeah fat people yeah trick-or-treaty did it too um and you know again like they do it very well in christmas vacation he's 
the cutest little kid. So cute. The cutest little kid. And it's not about that, you know? No. It just is. Yeah, and... the dog is the big eater. Or yeah. whatever. You know, it's not like, uh, yeah, uh, nobody's nobody's being shame for their body. Quick interview with a vampire in here Ooh, for you, yeah, please Josh. Do. Um, in every movie like this, there seems to be a collection of boards always very perfectly mismatched in size, color, and tech, or yeah, like texture, wood grain, um, that is used to board up windows. Now, we have a lot of windows in our house. It's an mm-hmm. old craftsman. It's um, like a, a lot of space devoted to windows here. Um, should we get a collection of boards? I think so. Otherwise... Um, we're going to be breaking up furniture a lot faster than I think we want to be. And nobody's ever doing that. Plus, let's say we did. Okay, that dresser, maybe there's a plank of wood there that could cover the span of a window, but not really. Not It's very doubtful. Yeah, they made a they made a barricade in this. They made the whole, like, where mm-hmm. you could put a board across the door. Yep. Um, That's... As we know, Adam Scott was an Eagle Scout, even though for some reason he can't handle a gun. He definitely would have gotten a riflery badge as part of his Eagle Scout training, but... Do they uh, teach you how to make bolts for doors? Uh, and... Undoubtedly. Really? I'm sure. Hmm. Yes, that is probably a, a piece that comes with it. But yeah, just having that collection of wood. The mismatched thing, I feel like my my dad always had a lot a lot of wood scraps. There were a lot of wood scraps in oh, the okay. garage and the basement. Hmm. We don't have that kind of stuff. I guess we need it. Maybe we, we should don't have sell the space. that. Maybe we should start an Etsy store where we sell a bundle of perfectly mismatched wood grain boards for when you have to board up your house. That's right. This could be hurricane stuff. This could be monster season. Yeah, but you want it to look good and you want it to be strong. And maybe it even, if it's Etsy, maybe there's even like a fun script that says, you know, kind of a bless this mess type of message or like it's wine 30 somewhere, Mm. you know, so maybe you could keep it up. Oh, just on display, like in, in a room, like here's my collection of boards for the apocalypse. Yes. Well, like you would, once you put it up on the windows, it then spells out a a message, right? Because you're Uh probably going to abandon your house after that. Maybe you'll Airbnb it. Yeah. So... You want to leave some decor on the walls. Okay. Yeah. All right. Listeners, tell us what you think. Um, <coughs> let us About know, all that. Let <laughs> us know if you, we should get into business here because, you know, mommy and daddy, the profits only go so far. And um, we need a side hustle for our side hustle. You know what I mean? I'll give you one more fun fact about this movie before we uh, close it down. Give me one more. The awesome scene in the attic where... The Christmas toys come to life, mm-hmm. and Linda and Sarah and Tom, the parents, have to fight these monster toys. Mm-hmm. So there's like this thing that Tony Collette calls like an angel bitch that I think I mentioned. There's this like clown thing that's like this. Yeah, the worm. Jack in the Box. It's like a. I saw that as like a gigantic, oh, an oversized okay. Jack in the Box. Clown. Oversized Jack in the it's Box. Got that coil. Yes, the coil belly. And then there's um, the little robot that stabs. Yeah, the bear. Um, Adam Scott, Tom, 
So there was no rehearsal for that. The director didn't want them to know what they were about to see. So that's all like real reactions. Like Tony Claude didn't know she was going to get like hung. Whoa. Yeah. So that's I mean, crazy. they're like acting as it goes. Obviously, you can't sure. just be like, I'm hanging you first now. take. But like a lot of that stuff when it, they like pop out at them was real. That's fun. That is fun. I do like that. I appreciate the the effort there. Yeah, because I mean, if they're all practical effects. Right. It's really, that's a really cool thing. So Yeah, take advantage of it. You yeah. might as well, rather than waiting. Yeah, like always oh, going to be in post. This is just uh, Andy Circus here. <laughs> yeah. So as much as we've dragged you, Michael Doherty, um, you did some things right. And I hope you... Um, you know, grow as a filmmaker. <laughs> that was condescending. Sorry. Um, I allow do, us to grow with you. you know? Yeah, I mean, we're here. We're two of your movies on our podcast already. So yeah. So Josh, uh, before we go here, mm-hmm. I do have not one but two. Oh, kids are creepy. All right. Oh. I'm sorry. I just wanted Christmas to be like it used to be. (laughs) Oh, just wish they had earned that moment. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the first one happened when we were driving down Christmas Tree Lane in Altadena. Sure. uh, Which is this beautiful street it's not where it's not what we were talking about before where like people decorate their houses it's just these trees that were planted in like freaking the 1800s and they're huge and they're done up with christmas lights and with seeds from the u.s forest service fascinating this is the 100th anniversary of christmas tree lane so they made the like civic group in the community that puts this on every year and like solicits donations for it they made like uh an a pseudo app that had like mm-hmm. a history of it that we listened to and they made a playlist of christmas songs we mm-hmm. didn't listen to but like yeah a guy one of the founders of the area yeah. requested these seeds from the u.s forest service because he'd seen the trees growing in italy and they matured over the course of like 30 years as they started to grow to a height and then they started the first christmas tree lane lighting yeah and it's a very long street in altadena where you can just go and usually walk under these right. gorgeous trees with these like really big bright lights. They're it's really pretty. So we turn onto the street and Wu just goes, So mom, what are you afraid of? <laughs> he has a very matter of fact way of, of talking, or he's talking in a really angry voice. Mm-hmm. Um and so we <laughs> you know it's not the first time he's asked about this sort of thing. But of course, Josh and I are racking our brains trying to think like, what are we afraid of that won't make them scared? And is also something that is palatable to talk to about a child. It's like, well, I'm afraid of our family dying of COVID. And uh, I'm afraid of, well, death in general. Because no one knows what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, uh, I'm afraid of your father dying. I'm afraid of you dying. Um, Also, have you heard of the void? Yeah. (laughs) 
It's a place I go. Let's see. Uh, horrific illnesses. Uh, oh, don't get me started on environmental disasters. Yeah, They're cl- coming in your lifetime. So <laughs> The climate crisis, you'll see. Um, you know, so we're just like, uh, and I was like, you know what? Um, gosh, what did I say? Um, I, I can't even remember what I said, but yeah, we it's were, not what you were thinking about. Right. It was right. And he's like, oh, okay. What else are you afraid of? You know, just like really yeah. prodding. So boo chimes in and he says that he's afraid of giant cats that whose paws can touch the sky and i was like oh like a big big tiger and he's like no and i was like like a he's like no a black cat and i was like oh like a panther or a puma <laughs> he's like no i was like you mean just like a house cat and he's like yeah <laughs> so <laughs> so a gigantic like out of some folk story yeah. <laughs> like, i mean we did watch ponyo a little while ago so that was a while ago yeah it was several months ago yeah, but he he has good memory like that. That's um, true. So that was pretty funny and uh, really just par for the course. My, my other story happened a little while ago, but it kind of reminds me of um, like just Santa in general. Um, and I imagine this is going to happen down the line with Santa once he starts getting more into it. But we were playing with Legos one afternoon while Boo was sleeping. And it's usually like our time to do Legos together where we'll like build something from a set. And so we're, we're, we're building and I'm trying to like get him to just talk about stuff at school, you know, like Mm -hmm. get him talking. It's like, what happened at school today? Like, um, you know, who did what, blah, blah, blah. And he's not really like answering me because kids don't care about those questions. And even you can feel how boring they are asking them yes. as an adult. And he's <sighs> like, what'd you do today? How was school? Yeah. Like, like, what did Zachy bring for share day? You know, it's like they don't care. And, yeah. and when other people ask them those questions, I'm always like, oh, please. And then when I find myself doing it, I like hate myself immediately afterwards. Yes. Well, he showed me because um, after a couple minutes of just building, he goes, mom, is God real? (laughs) Like out of nowhere in this really frustrated voice, like you've been holding out on me. Yeah. Why haven't you told me? You're talking about all this bullshit. And of course, all these niceties. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like trying to keep a straight face. I was like, well, what is God? Like, what do you, what do you mean by that? And he's like, mom, you know, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I know what you mean, but I just want to know what you know about God. Like, what ma- what's making you ask that? He's like, well, is it a person? <laughs> stink face. And I'm like, some people think of it as a person. I was like, what do you think about? And he goes, I guess it's just nature. <laughs> Amazing. And I'm like, yeah, a lot of people think about it as nature. And it was uh, it was just so funny because he went through this like whole religious journey that took me like thirty years basically to get to. Yeah. Um. He did ten and, minutes of Patty McStinkerton face yep. in his uh and if he Lego settles, table. if he settles on that, like great, that's fine, it's totally fine. Um. So I'm not sure. I couldn't really prod it out of him where why he was talking about God, but um, it felt very like of this season 
Hmm. I see. I'm sure they were just talking about it at school. It does go to a religious child yeah, care center. Yeah, I'm sure they were. But he wouldn't tell me. Never will. Never <laughs> should. Loose lips sink ships, woo. Remember that. So let's rate this movie. Mm, okay. Let's do it. Um, okay. How many... Uh, how many... Uh, <laughs> how many Hummers do you give this movie? I think it was named Lucille. It was the woman's name who said the most in this movie. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, how many Hummers with female names out of five do you give Krampus? Oh, man. I'm going to give it two and a half Hummers with female names. Uh, your car has a female name. That's Ru- right, Ruby Sue. Ruby Sue, which is the little girl from Christmas Vacation. So full circle. Oh, um, yeah. I'm gonna give it two and a half because it isn't quite a two and it's not quite a three. So it's a two and a half. <laughs> what did you give it? I give it. <laughs> Twisted fairy tale horseshit. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Two and a half. What about the kids in this movie? I'll only say thing I'll say is for some reason you've listened this whole way through and you haven't watched this movie, you still should. It's a fun thing. It's definitely the good Christmas related horror movie. Yeah, but maybe like while you're wrapping presents or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not a lot of jump scares in it. Just some it's fun. It's it, uh, yeah, there's some set pieces that are cool. I think when they're in the attic and then David Keckner is like in the kitchen fighting gingerbread men. Yeah. It's um I think it's that's a fun thing. Yeah. And the be- the very beginning and the very end are cool. Yep. So, the kids. Now we're really talking about MJ here. Right. His sister is murdered almost immediately mm-hmm. and the in-laws oh, don't really they yeah. don't really have a ton of screen time, but yeah, the we cousins, can consider yeah. them. Yeah. Um out of 10 Krampus bells, how many do you give the kids? Jingle, jangle, jingle, jangle. Um, I buy MJ as the angelic youth who also still believes in Santa Claus. That all felt right to me. Um, I don't know why he's getting in fights at school. Out of 10, I'll give him six. Six. He loves those K R A M P U S bells. He <laughs> loves <Wow>. those K. <laughs> um, six. Yeah, can't. Eh. That's three out of five. Six out of ten. Six out of ten ain't bad. I'm gonna give him like a four and a half. I really didn't care too much about these kids, but again, it really not oh. a lot to work with. Your Not own criteria to, here. I know. I'm ma- I'm more mad about the casting of the cousins. So I'll go I'll bump it to a five. MJ was pretty good. The sister seemed kind. Ah. <sighs> Is God real? Listeners, if you can tell us, don't be a creep. Get in touch. Email us at mummyxdeady at gmail.com. Twitter and Facebook at mummyxdeady. Instagram, Mummy X Daddy Pod, voicemail, 818-839-1991. And please visit us on the internet for show notes and more at mummyxdaddy.com.
If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And hey, tell a friend, tis the season, give the gift of mommy and daddy. Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Daryl Weinberg. Maggie Spaulding is marshmallows in your hot chocolate. And a little bit of Bailey's. Bye. So where's the dog? I need to get Mary. Uh, it's, it's in the kitchen. Help yourself. <laughs>